Hello and welcome to the Ice Guy. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, Sunday, January 21st. Ian Cameron, Matty Robinson with you, ready to break down this Sunday NHL slate. Uh, hope you survived Saturday. It was a very busy Saturday across all sports. You had NFL playoffs, you had NHL, you had, of course, the basketball, a big UFC card last night as well. So it was a very entertaining, very exciting, very busy Saturday. And we've got a, actually a decent Sunday card. And we're actually going to start having more games on Sundays uh, moving forward because as football season winds down, the NHL usually puts more games on Sundays. You're going to see once we get into February and March, there's going to be like Sundays with seven or eight games. So uh, that's pretty good to see. We've got six today uh, in NHL action. We'll break those down in just a moment. Alex B. Smith, um, your guess is as good as mine where he is, but uh, we'll see if uh, he joins us at some point during the show. Uh, Matt, uh, how was your Saturday? Did you enjoy it? Uh, how was the betting board for you? How did it treat you? Yeah, great Saturday. A lot of sports on. Um, Essentially, with that early NHL game, I felt like I woke up to hockey and ended my night with UFC. So it was full slate of sports. Um, being a Niners fan, happy to see them close it out. It was sort of a battle for them to get through. Uh, and then, of course, Dallas Stars. I had a number of bets on them. You know, it, you talked about it on the show yesterday, but it just seemed like everything aligned. Wedgwood back at home. New Jersey missing Jack Hughes, not as good on the road, or sorry, not as good at home. Um, it just seemed like a Stars night. So I had like the team total, I had uh, the game over, I had the Stars money line, I had the puck line, and of course everything hit the Wyatt Johnson goal, which was your bargain Ben special last night. Loved that. Um, but yeah, great day of sports. Um, I will say the battle or the battle of Alberta and that Winnipeg. Uh, Ottawa game were a little slower than I expected. Um, but overall, you know, they were good games. I just was thinking onslaughts of goals. Uh, Toronto, Vancouver did what I thought. And then, of course, that Boston, Montreal game, what a wild game. Nine to four or nine six, nine four, nine four, yeah. Nine, yeah. Four. nine four, like, Boston. Yep. Anytime yep. you see a team put up nine, it's, I, for some reason, I feel like eight is like, okay, yeah, they, you know, had a big, big night nine is just you know on another level in the nhl so <clears throat> that was good to see but but yeah great saturday uh up a little later than i expected so for me the the nine fifteen uh start time a little early but uh i made myself a little cocktail to to kind of start the day and and hair of the dog so hey someone made it to be the early start time unlike someone else i know um <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> another story uh but uh when you look at it here as far as uh this game goes uh with us uh or with the saturday slate we'll look back on it uh briefly here um i'll tell you what the the dallas game really really helped me out because i actually had kind of a i had a slight negative day overall believe it or not but it could have been a lot worse if not for the <clears throat> dallas game uh the dallas game really really um you know played out pretty well uh, for me, last it was perfect. Everything hit uh, in that game, even the over. And I didn't. That was the one bet I took in that game that I didn't feel great about. But uh, obviously, New Jersey, Dallas tacked onto their lead in the third, and then uh, New Jersey uh, ended up 
of course, getting on the board with a couple of goals in the uh, third period, and it ended up being 6-2 to two in favor of the uh, Dallas Stars. So that was a great game. Best bet for me on the show was Dallas. The over, Wyatt Johnston, bargain bin special of the night. So as you said, that game was absolutely spectacular to me. Uh, everything worked out perfectly. It started off very slow, though, the day. I mean, we had the uh, we had we, Tampa and Buffalo. I mean, Buffalo loses three to one. Uh, you know, just weren't ready to step up in class. Beating San Jose and Chicago is not the same as playing Tampa Bay. And obviously, we saw that yesterday uh, in that game. Uh, Colorado Philly, I did have the over, but I also had the Flyers. And uh, look, um, they had an ugly defensive day. Uh, they didn't play great at all, in my opinion, in front of Carter Hart. Their penalty kill struggle, the power play for Colorado, lit them up uh, yesterday in that game. How about Logan O'Connor, too, getting the hat trick? We have talked about Logan O'Connor on this show. That on the second line, he definitely has some uh, significant value uh, right now as far as uh, player props, playing with Colton and with Wood. So if that line stays together, which you presume it will after a win, and of course they've got Nachushkin and or out, and of course they've got McKinnon, Rantanen, and Druan on the top line. So that second line's got some player prop value, and Logan O'Connor certainly uh, was one of those players on that second line that uh, had a huge day against uh, Philadelphia yesterday in that 7-4 win. Nice bounce back for Colorado because... They did not play well in Boston, 5-2 uh, th on Thursday night. Uh, Connor Ingram beats his old team. We have to shout out Alex for that one. Uh, Alex ended up and actually got on Arizona after Alex said that on the show yesterday, that Ingram was playing his old team. Um, that, that was a significant intangible in the Coyotes' favor, and he played a pretty solid game. <clears throat> made it 3-2 late, but Arizona was able to hold them off, uh, and the uh, Coyotes ended up getting a 3-2 win uh, over the uh, Predators. Uh, yesterday afternoon. Uh, we had Winnipeg and we had the over, so we split there with the Jets and the Sens. Uh, but uh, Jets ended up with the 2-1 to one win. And for the first time, really, I would say probably since Jacques Martin took over as the head coach, that was definitely a, a, a Jacques Martin game. That's what he wants. Attention to detail defensively. Don't give up too much. Don't give up as many quality chances to the opposition. And try to win a low-scoring game. Uh, Ottawa played the style. I think Jacques Martin has been preaching to this team now for the several weeks. He, Well, at least a few weeks he's been here as head coach. But unfortunately now, here's the problem with a bad defensive team, Matt. I've seen this years for years, and you maybe can relate to this maybe in your hockey uh, background playing the game. When you are a bad defensive team, you almost go and try to overcompensate too much you know, for your struggles defensively. <clears throat> so focused in on defense all of a sudden that all of a sudden you forget the strength of your team, which has been scoring and you worry about that for Ottawa. It's almost like they've, they've willing to just sacrifice, you know, the skill of the team just to make sure they absolutely don't give up anything. And the result could be, you still end up losing. And we saw that in the Winnipeg game where they know they're struggling defensively. They're, they, they're not stupid. They're human beings. They know what the problem is. They are trying to fix it. That was a much better defensive game. But now all of a sudden in that game yesterday, although Connor Hellebuck certainly played a role in it, he played solid. Now they can't yeah. score. And that's been the strength of the team all year. So it's almost like when you're struggling defensively, Matt, where you've been scoring, but you haven't been keeping the puck out of your net, you almost go overboard and overcompensate. You're so all of a sudden focused and locked in on things defensively that you almost forget, hey, we do have to score at the end of the day. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um you saw it in Dallas. Again, I'm always bringing up Dallas, but you saw it in Dallas for a while um, when Hitchcock came back. 
um, you know, Sagan, Ben, guys that at the time in their prime, skilled players that can put up points, were thinking too defensively. I do think Sagan kind of adapted into that two-way player game that, you know, he wasn't really playing prior to that time. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, on any team, you know, when you're you're winning games 5-4, um, you know, losing 6-3, and then the coach puts a big emphasis on defense. I feel like as a forward myself that usually was thinking offense, you start to think too defensively and you're, you know, chipping pucks out when you've got a three on two and, you know, you're not creating enough offense. So, and I think it goes both ways when then when the offense is the focus, maybe you play a little too run and gun and, you know, leave your defense out to dry. So it's a tough balance, but, but yeah, I definitely saw that in the Ottawa game. They had that like 10 minute stretch where they looked good. Um, and they were sort of dominating play. I got a little nervous. I was on the Winnipeg money line. I'm glad they ended up winning it in overtime. But there was like a 10, 12-minute span late in the second, early in the third that Ottawa dominated the game. Um, but overall, I mean, for them to only score one goal, they're not going to win many games like that, um, especially playing Hellebuck. You know, he's lights out, so tough to uh, tough to beat that, so. But yeah, it's definitely a thing. Once you get mental that you need to be focusing on defense, it kind of takes away some of that creativity and some of the offense. So I definitely think that's what you're seeing with Ottawa right now. So we'll see if they turn it around here early this morning. We will. Yeah, morning for you. I have to keep reminding myself that. Yeah, it's our 10 (laughs) a.m. Pacific local time start coming up with Ottawa, Philadelphia, and that'll be the first game we preview coming up on the Sunday slate. Uh, The remaining games yesterday were all night games. Vancouver 6-4 over Toronto. Uh, that was a good game for Matt and I both. We, we were on overs in that game, so that was good to see. Um, that's unfortunate for the um, Toronto uh, Maple Leafs, where I actually thought they played a pretty good game. I mean, what can you say? They had 48 shots on goal. Um, but unfortunately, here's the problem. They didn't give up a ton of shots and not a huge amount of chances, but the chances they gave up were glorious. They were absolutely stupendous chances, and a team like the Vancouver Canucks largely is not going to miss on those chances, and we saw that. And they got in penalty trouble uh, as well throughout the night, and it was not one of Martin Jones' better games uh, either. So you put all that together, and that's how you lose still, even though you carried the play. Uh, They didn't have a good first period. That is what cost them, too. You can't start the game that way. Credit to them. They had a, I thought, second and third period they were better than Vancouver, but that doesn't matter. You have a bad first period against a really good hockey team. It's going to be very difficult to uh, uh, bounce your way out of that. And this is not the first time, too, that Thatcher Demko's had a really good game against Toronto. I find the last few times he's faced the Leafs, he's played very well. And he's a big reason why Vancouver was able to hold up and get that 6-4 to four win over the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs last night. Boston, 9-4 to four against Montreal. Just a night to forget for the Canadians at the defensive end of the ice last night. An, an abomination for Sam Montembeau as well. Eight goals allowed. Uh, I don't think uh, Marty Saint-Louis wanted to put Primo in uh, because, uh, you know, uh, in that game, but he eventually had to uh, at some point, and it was just an onslaught. The good news is I did have Montreal. I had the over, cashed that. I had Montreal money line, obviously did not cash that, but I did have Montreal team total over two and a half at a plus price, and obviously they got four goals for that. So that's why with the big dogs, not always the worst thing in the world, to split between dog and team total. I know Matt mentioned to me a couple nights ago there was a situation involving uh, a team where he was going to go puck line on them. I think it was Florida the night uh, they played Minnesota uh, on Friday night. And uh, he mentioned to me, your recommendation, Ian, of team total 
uh, instead of puck line really helped me. Uh, it allowed me to get out of that game with a better situation financially than had I just bet puck line. Where, of course, and that's what we've stressed here on this show, the team total is such a great bet, in my opinion. They yeah. can just score the goals that you think they'll score, and you don't have to worry about their them winning. You don't have to worry about them winning by margin. You don't have to worry about any of that shit. They just score the goals that they need to cash the team total, and you're golden. And I know that was a situation with you and and me too. I mean, that's why Florida the other night, I didn't have puck line. I didn't have regulation with Florida against Minnesota. All I had was team total. So I'm mm-hmm. more than content that they lost that game six to four. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's the exact game. I uh, I was I thought Florida was the spot there. You know, Minnesota is banged up. They're basically an AHL team. Um, they're, they've got a couple top line forwards, but man, their depth is, is rough right now. Um, so yeah, I was all over Florida. Um, but yeah, ended up just taking the team total over. And as I was watching the game, I was like, well, I, I don't know how I got out of that one, but, uh, I got out with a win. So I appreciate that. And it's a good point too. You know, sometimes, you know, obviously the puck line is the right play, but sometimes you can get either a puck line or the team total and you get better odds on the team total. And, you know, you have to think most teams that win the game are going to score four goals. I mean, if you look at this year, I'm sure that's the stat on a lot of, you know, puck line games. So it's better to take that uh, team total and, and ride with that. So, yep. It's been a proponent. I've been hammering away that the team total is an option that you need to be exploring and keeping uh, uh, as a derivative bet in your portfolio when it comes to NHL betting on a daily basis. Uh, I was very happy to see the Blues get the job done. They beat the Capitals 3-0, shutout win there. Uh, I was on St. Louis in that game. Great job and a shutout performance in net by Jordan Bennington last night for the Blues in that game. Uh, and then we also saw Anaheim lose to San Jose 5-3. Um, I guess that's what you get, bad team versus bad team. You think the one bad team is at least better than the other, and that's not always the case. That's why there's bad teams. Uh, it's like uh, bad teams. What's that home home hardware commercial in Canada? Homeowners <laughs> helping ho- homeowners. Bad betters betting bad teams. That's what I was doing right there last night with uh, Anaheim. But I did have the over, so we split. Uh, no harm, no foul there, but disappointing for the uh, Ducks and the uh, Sharks win 5-3 there. What a comeback by Vegas, down 2 nothing in the third at home to Pittsburgh. They roar back and they win 3-2 in regulation. So the Penguins go from up 2 nothing going into the third to not getting a point out of that game. Oh. That's the kind of loss that when we look back in April, Matt, we see that Pittsburgh's out of the playoffs. It's going to be a loss like that that we oh. look back and we say, you know what, you got zero points in a game that you led by two. Going into the third period, uh, that is um, that's not what you want to see, and uh, definitely uh, Pittsburgh. That's a tough, tough loss for them last night. And shout out to Brendan Brisson who gets his first NHL goal, and it's the game-winning goal for Vegas last night. So really, really cool to see that. No doubt, a uh, battle of Alberta. The Edmonton win streak. It has no. It, it, there's no end in sight apparently for it. <laughs> 13 straight wins now for the Edmonton Oilers. 3-1 over Calgary. My team total falls short. Frustrating. Yeah. Um, so it is what it is. Uh, but look, um, a very solid road game. Thought defensively. And Skinner, again, in net was absolutely terrific. Um, they just keep on rolling. And I think this is the best stretch of defensive team hockey and goaltending combined I've seen out of Edmonton in a very long time. Uh, that Definitely is what really allowed them to get this win streak together. And the last game, L.A. finally 
finally back in the win column. I think only their second win in the last 12 or 13 games, but the Kings finally win a game. They beat the Rangers 2-1, and they spoiled Jonathan Quick's return to L.A. A very emotional scene, great tribute played in the, at Crypto Arena during one of the commercial breaks, and he was got a little emotional. You could see the uh, emotion and the tears in his eyes, and he was getting a little choked up there, uh, Jonathan Quick, with the uh, uh, tribute that they did for him during that game. So, um, really, really uh, nice to see that. And uh, Jonathan Quick's return to L.A. He played very good, gave the Kings or the Rangers a chance. But Rangers offensively yeah. here in this road trip, nowhere to be found. One goal uh, in each of their first two games on this trip against Vegas and uh, L.A. That's not going to get the job done. Matt, what did you think of the remainder of the games? Yeah, I thought that Vegas comeback was wild. Um, again, I was out with some friends watching the Niners game. And, of course, being in Reno, they had the Vegas game on. Um, it looked like Pittsburgh was in full control, and, and like you mentioned, that's gonna that's gonna come back to bite them, you know, to not get at least a point on the road. And Vegas, you know, on any given night can be a solid team, but they're so banged up right now. I feel like as Pittsburgh, you know, you want that two points, but at least a point there would have been huge. Um, I was on the Ducks team total over, so just contradicting what I just said, that one didn't hit. Uh, last night, I thought the Ducks would come out, you know, when. Oh, I think we lost Matt for a second there, but uh, yeah. So we don't have a great game. So, um, yeah. Um, but so props to San Jose. I mean, they um, when they do win, you got to give them props because it doesn't happen often. Um, again, the Battle of Alberta, I, I haven't seen at least since McDavid's been in Edmonton, they've not looked like this defensively in a playoff game, in a regular season game. They've looked phenomenal defensively. I mean, Calgary's been playing pretty well, and to only give up one goal on the road, I mean, that's that's huge for Edmonton. Um, I, I had the over in that game, of course, uh, which missed. So, bummer there. And then, yeah, I just right before we hopped on, I saw the uh, tribute to Quick, uh, which was really cool. I always love those videos. I was at uh, the Madonna retirement night uh, for his jersey. I've seen some other uh, players in Dallas come back. And, you know, those those videos are always awesome. Um, you know, whether you're a fan of the team or not, they're, they're good to see. So it would have been nice to see Quick get a, a win at home, but also good for L.A. They've been terrible uh, as of late. So I think they needed that win. Um, but, yeah, another – Kind of not boring game. It was good hockey, but just from a betting perspective, I'm usually an over guy. Just a slower game, uh, in my opinion. But uh, but yeah, it was a great slate to uh, in the night. I was I was is this, is this Andrew Robinson saying good things about you? Happen to be related? I gotta guess that's the case. Yeah. So I I uh, I'll send you a picture after the the show. But my older brother, I think, jumped on, and my niece Lily, who is my favorite me and her are super close she's about to be two uh he sent me a picture of her watching the podcast this morning obviously not making any sports bets but just excited to hear what we have to say so uh they're they're both in dallas uh so shout out to them you know supporting the cause there we go we like it uh very good uh there we go and jackie yes great comeback for vegas they're finally getting back on track even with so many key guys out big road trip this week before the break 100 percent true uh, there's no question. Uh, this is a big uh, part of the schedule here for Vegas. So we'll see uh, how they uh, end up faring. And like I say, we're starting, I think, with Vegas to see the, you know, the light at the end of the dark tunnel. 
you know, they're coming out of the abyss, you know, whatever cliche you want to use. I think we're starting to see that from Vegas. You know, they had their brutal run and, and now want, uh, starting to put some uh, better performances together, no question. All right, let's get into Sunday's games. We've got six of them, and the first one begins very shortly. Ottawa Senators, Philadelphia Flyers, Philadelphia minus 140. Home favorites, six and a half being the uh, total here in this game. Uh, it is a back-to-back for both teams, but it is a little bit of a lesser problem for Philly. Uh, they get to stay right at home after playing Colorado yesterday, that 7-4 loss to the Avs. Ottawa's got to travel uh, from playing Winnipeg at home on Hockey Day in Canada yesterday into Philly for this uh, game here today. We'll see how this one plays out. Um, but look, Ottawa made prog- is making progress, small baby steps. They beat Montreal. They played a very good Winnipeg team toe-to-toe yesterday. It's a pretty even hockey game. There were even times Ottawa carried the play. I thought Winnipeg definitely uh, in the first period was the inferior team. Ottawa carried the play in the first period. Uh, of that game, but they did get stronger as it went on. But no, there's some there's some improvement, and that's two games in a row, three games in a row. Actually, if you go back, four games in a row for the Ottawa Senators, where now they have outshot the opponent, and that tells you there's some progress being made. There's some the, the their game is starting to improve ever so slightly. Um, we'll see if they can continue to build, but you know they beat Montreal. It was a, their one of their better games in a while. And I thought against a very good Winnipeg team, they made a great account of themselves. Uh, they were better and more uh, paying more attention to detail defensively. Uh, and they just now, like we said earlier, it's, all, it's like they put too much emphasis in defense. They forgot to score. We'll see how this one goes today. There is some big lineup news that we want to mention here for this game on both sides uh, going into it. Uh, obviously, we know for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers, Owen Tippett has been such a huge component to their success uh, lately. He is out for this game today, this afternoon for the uh, Flyers' lower body injury and won't play. Uh, he left the game late against Colorado yesterday. So uh, the good news is he skated early this morning. So the Tells me this is not going to be a long-term thing for uh, uh, Owen Tippett and for a guy that's got obviously 18 goals uh, and uh, 30 or sorry 27 goals, 22 assists. That was last year. Sorry, this year uh, 18 goals, 30 points so far this season, and especially of late, he's had six goals, two assists the last seven games for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. So he's been very good. Uh, there's no question. It is worth noting, as Isaac says, that's true. Uh, they joined. Uh, the team yesterday when they played Winnipeg at home, and that's the moms uh, of the Ottawa Senators players. Mm. So mom's trip time for uh, Ottawa here. So you know that's that that that's you don't want to you don't want to fucking embarrass Ma. All right, uh, you don't want to do that. You don't want to you know make them ashamed of you. Uh, and you you damn well want to play hard when your mama is up in the uh, press box watching. Uh, so we'll see if that is inspires Ottawa. Uh, you know, we've got Sogard in net here for the uh, Senators today. Mad Sogard, who's been recently called up from Belleville. Very interesting that he's now got his goalie coach here with him, too. Justin Peters is the new goalie coach for the uh, Ottawa Senators. And um, we almost had Justin Peters on the show as a guest, actually, last year. But then he got a gig with the uh, Belleville Senators. And, uh, you know, it's not exactly the smartest thing in the world to be on an NHL betting show when you're going to be working for an AHL team and now eventually an NHL team. So, uh, but he would almost was going to be on the show with us, but uh, we wish him well. Uh, I chat with him just occasionally uh, and uh, wish him well with the, uh, the Ottawa senators goaltending gig. Uh, and uh, he's now the goalie coach there. Uh, and of course he was a goalie for many years in the NHL, mostly a backup uh, in the NHL, Justin Peters. 
So we'll see if that improves the goaltending. I'll say this. He did a great job at Belleville with the goalies. And just in a couple of games here, since he's like literally he was named goalie coach Monday. The last two games, Ottawa goalies give up two to Montreal, two to Winnipeg. I mean, has he already yeah. made an impact or what? Is he already <laughs> starting to like, you know, tweak their technique, you know, look at things on video that maybe they're doing wrong or they could do better. Uh, but it's pretty crazy that he's just been there for a couple of games as the new goalie coach. And here they are all of a sudden, the goalies, Corpusalo and uh, in particular, you know, and Sogar too got one of those starts. You know, they played all right. So we'll see. Kubalik is out, by the way, for Ottawa. But other than that, everyone's healthy, including the season debut uh, of uh, Shane Pinto here for the uh, Ottawa Senators. He's finally back. He's finished serving the betting suspension. Uh, so he will be back uh, in uh, on the ice for his first game this season for the uh, Ottawa Senators. So that's obviously big. He's a good player, you know, and he's just been extended too. So we'll see how he fares uh, in this one. You know, I'm tempted to take him to score a goal. I mean, you got to believe he's going to play his butt off. Knowing he's he's got to make it up to this team. I mean, he still feels like I let him down, you know, getting suspended like that, not knowing the protocols, you know, from the uh, sports betting situation that he was involved in. So, you know, we'll see if he makes an impact here. Other than maybe looking at a few props, I have nothing here for as far as side or total. Uh, I still don't want to go against Philly, but minus 140 is not the price I like with Philly. Give me Philly and, and pick them range or an underdog. I'm in. Not at minus 140, though, uh, going into this game. But I also love the way Erson's playing. And Erson, Erson actually, you could make a case that, especially after yesterday, Carter Hart kind of had a rough day. You could make the case Samuel Erson's been even better than Carter Hart lately for the Philadelphia Flyers. Erson has given up two goals or less in five straight starts for the Philadelphia Flyers, and he is three and one uh, in his last four starts coming into tonight, uh, this afternoon, I should say. So uh, it's a tricky game overall. I mean, I, I, I'd lean Philly. I just didn't like the price enough to take them, that, and that's why I'm off. Uh, and the total to me, be careful with this total. Six and a half. Ottawa usually is an over team for me, but they went under yesterday. Philly's not going to want an over game today. They are not going to want an over game. John Tortorella is not going to want an over type of game today after giving up seven goals to Colorado yesterday. So you got to believe where's the focus going to be tightening things up. So I'd be careful with the six and a half. I'd lean. This is one of those Ian Cameron lean under. So it goes over uh, games for me. Uh, what do you think here, uh, Matt? Ottawa, Philly. Well, given that last comment, I'm hammering the over. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Good. But uh, no, it's it's a similar game to me. Um you know, I would lean Philly as far as, you know, if I had to pick a side. But as you mentioned, no Tippett, uh, Mom's Weekend for Ottawa. And there's something different. Dad's Weekend, you're like, you know, having a good time with the dads. Mom's Weekend, there's nothing worse than an angry hockey mom thinking you didn't play well. I, my mom would, you know, I'd get in the car and she'd be like, what do you think happened in that game? And I knew it was not a good uh, response from her, so. I so think the mom, does, you think moms do like moms are always nurturing, right? They're caring. They're, yeah. with, they're, through, they're with their son or their daughter through good times and bad times, including when your son has a shit game on the ice and the team sh shits the bed. But at the same time, you can always tell when they're just there's that little tone of disappointment in their voice when they're oh, talking yeah. after a loss. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing you worse feel like than a, a bag of shit for letting them down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Um but yeah, so I do think in Pinto coming back, I saw he just signed that extension for a year. I think he plays well. I, I think Ottawa could come out and win this game. So again, I don't feel confident either way. I'm not going to bet against Philly at home, um, especially coming off a loss last night. 
but at the same time, you think Ottawa is going to come out hot. So I, I did play the first period over here. Um, I think there might be a couple early goals, you know, Philly trying to tighten things up, Ottawa coming out with a jump. Um, but I think things slow down. Ideally, you know, if you can live it at like five late in the first, if it, if that doesn't hit, you know, maybe five is, is the play, but at six and a half, I just don't like it. So, I mean, at the end of the day, there's a couple of props out there that maybe I would take. I mean, tip, it's hard to not take, but of course he's out. So is, honestly, outside of that first period over, I'll probably just, that'll be my only bet for this game. Um, not a lot I like, so. Yeah, it's official. It looks like Corey Perry is a member of the uh, Edmonton Oilers. So uh, breaking news right there as far as wow. uh, that is concerned. Uh, so there we go. And I know there were a few teams in the mix interested kicking tires on Corey Perry, but there we go. He is going to Edmonton. I, I think it's a nice fit, but there is that point, and Bailey's point's very uh, a salient point, and, and it's true. He does get into penalty trouble, and sometimes he lets his emotions get away with him. You know, he's got to yeah. rein that shit in, you know, to be uh, a player that, uh, the Oilers need come playoff time. And I think it's pretty damn safe to assume now that the uh, Oilers will be in the playoffs. It was not looking that way when Jay Woodcroft <laughs> got canned uh, early in the season, but uh, definitely, um, you know, it's worth a shot. You're going to not have to pay too much for him. Uh, you know, he's capable. I find he's still yeah. one of those players that the best of Corey Perry often shows up in the playoffs, not the regular season, which Big is uh, what you want to see. So uh, very yeah. interesting to see how that plays out. No question. Yeah. What do you no, think? And Oh, I was going to say, um, that Stars Cup run during the um, during the bubble when they made it to the finals and ended up losing to Tampa. I mean, Corey Perry was very quiet during that regular season, and then he, was, he won them multiple games in that playoff run. Um, I think he's a big add. I mean, especially at the price you're going to get him at, he's going to take veteran minimum. He doesn't need the money. He just wants to play hockey again. Um, you know, I, I don't know if he would fit into Dallas currently, just given how their lineup's set, but I would welcome him as a Stars fan. I I think he, you know, whatever happened off the ice, you know, hopefully he took care of that, you know, wish him the best in that aspect. Um, but I think he's a great add to your team, especially come playoff time. And I know the chat's going off that he's cursed in the cup, which you know, there's some. There's oh yeah, that's some right. To that, we know he what Edmonton's going to happen. Cups. That we know what's going to yeah. happen with Edmonton. Get to the Stanley Cup final and lose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I think you know it's a it's a low risk play for Edmonton. You bring in some veteran leadership. If there's any issues, you know, you cut him. No harm, no foul. But I think given the circumstances, I think he comes in. You know, just excited to be there and. I think he could be a great ad for them. And, you know, he's going to come in healthy. Um, he hasn't been playing the last 35 games or whatever. Um, so, yeah, big pickup for them. I, uh, I'm surprised Edmonton went for it. But, uh, I mean, I knew somebody was going to sign him. It was inevitable, right? Especially given how it played out. There was no, like, um, nothing illegal happened. There was just some issues in Chicago. So, um, yeah, I – I think that's a big pickup for Edmonton as a Stars fan that uh, I don't like that because, you know, they could end up playing each other in the playoffs. Former but, Dallas uh, Star, of course. You know all about Corey Perry. Yep. Oh, yeah. I was at the Winter Classic when he made the uh, the famous walk that uh, turned into the meme of the meme of the year with the clown shoes and he had to <laughs> he got kicked out of the game like three minutes in and then had to make like a mile walk in front of, you know, 100,000 people. So 
Um, but yeah, I've always I've always enjoyed his play, and I I do think he's a big playoff you know contributor. So I uh, I don't I don't hate it for Edmonton. Good for them. All right, I'll throw out a couple props. I mentioned Pinto plus four hundred. Like uh, sometimes I worry when the guy's been out for so long. Is he really going to be able to you know get to a level where he's going to be able to score his first game back? But at that price, I'll take a chance. Batherson for Ottawa, and I'll throw two out there for Philly. Tyson Forster is heating up. And he's on the top line, it looks like, today. So you can get plus 300 with Tyson Forster uh, for the Philadelphia Flyers. And I would stick with um, Mr. Atkinson. He's really starting to roll. He had a couple points yesterday. Uh, there's another one that uh, is a streaky player, and he's starting to heat up right now for uh, Philadelphia. All right, next game, Tampa Bay-Detroit. We've got the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning here in this game currently. Uh, in the uh, minus, uh, it's a big Tampa Bay, Detroit kind of day. How about that? Football and hockey. You've got teams from these two cities going head to head. We know Bucks and Lions, NFC divisional playoff uh, this afternoon, and we've got Tampa Bay, Detroit on the ice as well, uh, and in Detroit as well. Just like the so, you know what? You could do a little. They're both in Detroit as well, so you could do like a Lions Red Wings double header here uh, if you're in Detroit, because uh, this one's tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Tampa Bay minus 120 road favorites, six and a half the total in this game. Tampa Bay with the win against Buffalo yesterday, back to back for them on the road. They did save Vasilevsky for this game tonight against Detroit as they went with Jonas Johansson yesterday uh, in the three to one victory over the uh, Buffalo Sabres. Uh, the one thing that has become very noticeable, though, with this Tampa Bay Detroit series is the fact that, you know, Detroit has not been an easy team for this Lightning squad. Four and two for the Red Wings in the last six head-to-head meetings uh, in Detroit earlier this year, back in October. Red Wings got a nice six to four victory uh, in that game. We will uh, see if they can keep that rolling here uh, in this matchup against the uh, Lightning today. They do have the rest advantage. They are off a four-two loss to Carolina uh, in their last game, where they only had twelve shots on goal uh, against the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, who played one hell of a great defensive game uh, against them. Uh, in that one. So we'll see how Detroit get fares here and if they can uh, bounce back uh, in this matchup against the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, I kind of like Detroit just a little bit here. Uh, it's uh, not exactly uh, best bet material, but I think when you look at it, the Red Wings off the loss with the rest advantage. I'm uh, looking at um, Vasilevsky's numbers historically against Detroit are good, but I believe um, not always as good the last few starts than the historical numbers indicate like the shorter term for Vasilevsky hasn't been nearly uh, as good as what we have seen in the past so uh, I like the Red Wings and I like the value we're getting plus 100 here with the uh, Red Wings more than anything for a team that is uh, on a great run six and two in their last eight games uh, you know at home uh, they're very capable, this Red Wings team as well. And again, it goes back to Tampa Bay. Now, Tampa Bay won on the road yesterday. Salute to them. Credit to them for that. But Buffalo ain't Detroit. You know, there is a difference between these two teams right now. The Red Wings are a little bit more of a taller challenge here on the road for this Tampa Bay team. And even with that win yesterday, Tampa Bay is still only 9-14 and 14, uh, on the road this season. So I'm going to look probably at Detroit plus 100 primarily. Maybe a smaller sprinkle on the Red Wings team total as well. But primarily here, I'm going to look at the plus 100 here uh, with Detroit on the money line. What do you think here in this one, uh, uh, Matt, with uh, Tampa Bay, Detroit? I think in this one, too, I'd lean over, but I prefer the first period over. What do you think here? Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. You know, Tampa, Detroit, and two sports. Um, I do think it won't be a packed house uh, for the Red Wings. I think 
I think the game is uh, two o'clock central time. So three o'clock Eastern time uh, for the NFL. And then, you know, I, I, I don't imagine a lot of people make it from one game to the other. I don't know what the complex is. I know in Philly, all their arenas are in one little area. So people go, you know, to multiple games in the same day. Um, but I think that plays a factor. I, I love the over on paper, but thinking about that, you know, I, I would lean to, towards the first period over and then maybe a game under. Um, I'm not going to take it. I, I hate betting the under, but that's sort of where my head's at. But I also think it might be fun to throw a little sprinkle on a Detroit-Detroit parlay. Uh, two home games, you know, you're getting plus money on the Red Wings. I, I know Detroit's probably the favorite in the NFL game. I actually haven't looked. Um, but I would assume so. So, you know, maybe you do a little Detroit-Detroit parlay, or if you're a Tampa fan, maybe you do a Tampa-Tampa parlay, um, get the dogs in the NFL game. So um, don't love a lot here. I mean, I'm sure there's some props you could play. Um, but, yeah, I, I like the first period over. I like where your head's out there. That's probably what I'll take on this game. And if I was to pick a team, I would take that plus 100 Detroit. I don't know that I will actually take it, uh, but that's where I lean, you know. Tampa hasn't been as good on the road um, this whole season. And, you know, Detroit's kind of – they're in that weird spot where they're young, they're feisty, they fight for those wins. So I I would lean Detroit. I don't know if I'll take it. You know, we'll see how the game starts. But I do like that first period over, so I'll definitely jump on that with you. All right, Larkin, Fabry, Perron for props for Detroit. I like uh, a, a, a nice little variety of those. Uh, I know Stamkos, Point, and Kucherov are a deadly top line now that uh, John Cooper's put them together, but Hagel, Sorelli, and Paul are pretty capable too. And like I said, there's a little more value with those, so uh, keep an eye on that uh, for this game. Yeah, the draw. I'm, you know what's interesting about the draw here in this one? Uh, we haven't seen as many draws head-to-head -head lately with Tampa and Detroit, so I'm not on this one. I'm not. You could make a case for it, but I'm not on this one. Uh, with uh, Tampa Bay and Detroit as far as the draw uh, is concerned. And like I said, as far as goaltending in this game, right now we're expecting Vasilevsky versus Lyon. Uh, neither one's been uh, confirmed, but that is what we expect. And by the way, the um, the distance between Little Caesars Arena where the Red Wings and the Pistons play and Ford Field where the Detroit Lions play is very minimal. It's like five minutes of uh -huh. driving distance. So it's like walking distance, basically. So yeah, easily uh -huh. you can get from Ford Field to Little Caesars mm -hmm. Arena and be... Uh, get there in time for the hockey game tonight. Assuming there's no well, overtime with the Bucks Lions game, you'll definitely be able to get there in time for well, the start. And I do think I, you know, if the Lions come out and win and it's a decisive win, then I lean heavy on Detroit because you know, but a bunch of drunk Lions be, fans flooding into yeah. the pizza box there, Little Caesars Arena, and, and yeah, making more noise for Red Wings so. later. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there's definitely so, some truth. So to that. something to think about there. You know, depend if the Lions come out and they're up, you know, twenty-eight nothing at halftime then maybe I side with the Red Wings here and, and throw a little money on them. So something to consider. Now you see why we do shows on weekends and nobody else has an NHL betting show live on weekends because look at the viewership. We're about to hit 300 live viewers right now. People loving the fact that there's actually a Sunday NHL betting show serving them, serving their needs, serving their betting needs, and we appreciate it. Hit the like button. Show your appreciation. Uh, hit the like button if you haven't uh, done so uh, already. Uh, all right, next up, we've got uh, Minnesota and Carolina. Uh, this is a late afternoon start, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, we've got uh, Kakalaki, uh, minus 190 home favorites in this game. Uh, total six and a half across the board. Uh, how about the Minnesota Wild? Uh, what a bounce back from them. Uh, down, uh, 
blown out by Tampa Bay on Thursday night, back-to-back against a Florida team that's desperate to get a win because that's the end of their homestand, and their homestand wasn't really that good. Uh, And they go into Florida, and look, they took advantage of a lot of penalty problems for Florida. Uh, Florida could not stay out of the penalty box Friday night, and that Minnesota power play uh, made them pay for it. Uh, It was a very, very good night for the uh, Minnesota power play. Uh, Minnesota ended up going two for seven. Uh, No, sorry, better than that. Five for six uh, on the power play. Five of their six goals were with the man advantage. So, yes, Florida took a lot of penalties, and man, Minnesota certainly made them pay for it uh, with that uh, win against Florida. So I'm a little bit more reluctant to go against Minnesota here uh, in this spot uh, at plus 160. Uh, we are going to see, again, it looks like not con- not confirmed, but obviously you would expect anti-Ranta back in net because both Anderson and Kochekov uh, remain uh, on the IR. Uh, and we expect Philip Gustafson likely in net for Minnesota. Remember, Gustafson had to finish the Florida game Marc-Andre Fleury, upper body injury, uh, did not return to that game against Florida. So Philip Gustafson had to finish it. Remember, Gustafson started against Tampa Bay Thursday, and then Fleury got the start Friday against Florida. Fleury was not able to finish that game, and uh, Gustafson had to finish it for uh, Minnesota. Uh, And it looks like he'll probably be in net this afternoon, assuming Marc-Andre Fleury is not feeling well enough to start, which is a possibility here. And uh, we've talked about Gustafson here since he was out for that portion of time, early, late December into early January, and he has not been good at all, at all, since he's been back. He gave up the five goals to Arizona uh, last week when he came back. He gave up the seven spot to Tampa Bay, and then he enters the game in relief of Flurry, and all of a sudden he's given up three goals on 24 shots, and that game got interesting, you know, after Philip Gustafson uh so I'm wondering, is he 100% right? You know, he was good at one point early this year, and he's not the same goalie at all right now, not even close. Uh, he is definitely fe- struggling. He is definitely fighting it right now uh, for the uh, Minnesota Wild. Not exactly. If he's in net, he's not a goalie I trust. I don't trust Ronta either, so you know where I'm going here. I'm going first period over in this game. I'm going to go full game over. It's a double up for me here uh, with first period over, uh, full game over. Might even sprinkle at a really solid plus price at both teams to score in the first period uh, in this game as well. I mean, you've got Gustafson, who's being lit up like a Christmas tree in January uh, here so far in the last three uh, starts. You've got Ronta, who faces 12 shots, only 12 shots, and somehow still gives up two goals against Detroit. And the first goal he gave up to Costin was an abomination. It was off his glove, and it trickles over the goal line. It was a brutal goal to give up. So, and we know Antti Ranta's had a tough year. His confidence has definitely been taking a hit. He was down in the AHL trying to get some uh, kind of confidence back. Uh, so we'll see how he fares here. But, you know, when you face only 12 shots the other night and you give up two goals and one of them was really a bad one, it's not what you want to see out of your goaltending here. So um, I think we're going to see some goals here. So I like first period over, full game over. Now, this has not been an over series history necessarily. I do want to point that out. Especially in Minnesota, though. A lot of the unders have been in Minnesota between these two teams. In Carolina, we've seen more overs. In fact, we still have seen 7-3 and three to the over in the last 10 meetings. Now, three of the last four have stayed under, but two of those were in Minnesota. Uh, the last time these teams played in Carolina last year, it was 5-2 for the Hurricanes. It went over the total. So uh, I'm going to look toward uh, over the total here in this first period and full game split uh, with that. Uh, what do you think here in this one, Matt? Minnesota, Carolina. 
Yeah, I loved the first period over. Um, given the goalie situation, I think I also will take the uh, the game over. Um, I mean, I I think Carolina should win this game. Obviously, not going to take them at that minus one ninety. Um, maybe an opportunity for a Carolina team total, um, just given what we were talking about earlier. And then, of course, you know, I'm I'm on the show, so you've got to take the Stephen Nason goal prop. Um, it's hit every time I've been on the show. And so I may even I'm, – I'm seeing on Bovada, Stefan Nason, anytime goal scorer, plus 360. And then for him to score the first one, which I do think has happened once or twice, you know, they get an early power play, it's plus 1,800. So I might, you know, throw a minimum bet on that just for fun. Um, you know, hopefully he gets a power play goal. Maybe it's off his shin guard in the first period. So, um, But, yeah, I think Carolina takes this game. Um, you know, at home, that that rink in Raleigh gets pretty rowdy. So um, I love the first period over. I love the game over. And then the Stephen Nason goal prop, that'll probably be my place for this one. Yeah, I'm with you on Stephen Nason. But there's one per, uh, Carolina Hurricane that I'm with even more than that. And that's Jordan Martinuk. And shout out to Jimmy Murphy on Friday, who had that as his bargain bin special. And Jordan Martinuk scores the first goal for Carolina Friday night against Detroit. He has now scored in four straight games for the Carolina Hurricanes, and there's really not been a huge adjustment in his uh, goal prop pricing either. Plus 460 at BetMGM for Jordan Martinuk to score a goal here tonight uh, in this game, or this afternoon, I should say, because it's 5 p.m. Eastern. So, uh, yeah, I'm back on that for sure. Uh, Jordan uh, Martinuk uh, for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes uh, in this one. Uh, yeah, I, I, like I say, he's been... Uh, heating up for them no question about that uh and i think that's probably a good look as far as uh minnesota whether it's erickson eck whether it's rossi bully hartman hartman continues uh, to produce for the minnesota wild there's some good <clears throat> a good goal a goal prop game because we do think there's going to be some offense here today uh with these uh, two teams so definitely keep an eye on that like i said martin four goals one assist five points the last four games jarvis with five points in the last four games uh, as well uh for uh, Carolina. And like I said, for Minnesota, you know, Kaprizov's starting to get better, but, you know, the value's never great for him. Uh, but more importantly, Eric Sinek, more importantly, Hartman, more importantly, uh, Boldy, and more importantly, too, if you want to look for a defenseman prop, just even to get a point, get an assist, Brock Faber for Minnesota. Man, this guy's been involved in a lot of the offense. Not so much goal scoring, plus 700 if you really want to take a shot, but his assist prop is plus 182. Okay. And he has been racking up the assists here of late from the blue line for Minnesota. Four assists in the last three games uh, for Brock Faber uh, from the uh, blue line here for the Minnesota Wild. So uh, definitely good to see that. Uh, yes, Rich, I've mentioned that. No question. Svechnikov, multiple points in seven of the last 11 games. Uh, over one and a half points with either him or with Ajo, for that matter. Never the worst option when you're talking about Carolina. So a lot of good props here as far as uh, this uh, game goes in a game like I think we're going to see a, little, a chance for some goals here this afternoon with uh, the Wild and the Canes. All right, next up, Matt's Dallas Stars taking on the uh, New York Islanders. Uh, we've got Dallas minus 115 road favorites, six the total uh, in this game. Uh, when you look at this matchup here, first of all, Dallas treated, I think, the whole entire Ice Guys family very well last night because I like Dallas a lot in that spot. Matt did. Uh, everyone in the chat seemed to make a case for Dallas against New Jersey uh, last night, and it played out to perfection with that 6-2 to two win uh, over the uh, Devils. 
Uh, so we'll see if they can build on that. You knew they were going to play a lot better uh, last night after the loss to Philadelphia. They did. Everyone was on board. Uh, no question about that. It was every There was no passengers last night uh, for the uh, uh, Dallas Stars. Everyone played a great game. Wedgwood was solid in net. Uh, and it was just a big bounce back effort, top to bottom, complete game for a team that obviously wasn't happy with getting dominated by the Philadelphia Flyers the way they were. But now they're on a back to back here on the road against an Islanders team that is rest. They are off a road trip, though. So that's always a tricky spot. But they had the rest advantage because they played Friday in Chicago. And this is what I and people are probably wondering why I haven't brought it up yet. But I wanted to save it for this game. Obviously, we were going to talk about it, and that's obviously the big news yesterday. The biggest news in the NHL was Lane Lambert getting fired, something that we thought could have happened a month, a month and a half ago, you know, when they had that West Coast road trip, uh, you know, of disaster, you know, when they were losing to Vancouver and Calgary and Edmonton, and they just had that brutal Western road trip, and we thought maybe old Sweet Lou uh, was going to make a move uh, and maybe a coaching change at that time. But no, they got back home. They started to get some traction again, started to win some games. And Lane Lambert, at least for the time being, was safe. But that road trip was pathetic that they just finished, the New York Islanders. Pathetic. And and, uh, and at that point, I guess Lou Lamorello had enough. It's like, I can't keep – I, I got to make a coaching change. This is unacceptable. They, they fall into one and six in their last seven games. The only win was against the Leafs by the skin of their teeth in overtime. And since that win against Toronto, they lost all four games on that road trip. And some of those games were absolutely awful, their performance. The Minnesota game was pathetic, 5-0, 3-1 loss to Nashville. Winnipeg, they lose 4-2. Uh, how on earth do you – a Chicago team – I think that was the last straw, the Chicago loss in, in overtime because it's a Chicago team that couldn't put a puck in the ocean for several games in a row. And here's Chicago all of a sudden lighting you up and beating you in overtime, scoring four goals, and that was just enough. And finally, Lou Lamorello said, i got to make a coaching change to see if we can salvage this season. And he has done that, and he hasn't done that with any ordinary cat. He is bringing in Patrick Waugh. The legend himself, one of the best goalies in the NHL, and a guy that's really done a hell of a coaching job in some previous spots. Now, we know in the NHL with Colorado years ago, it didn't go great. And there was a lot of back and forth with players, and it wasn't always a smooth relationship with Patrick Waugh and his players at that time. But you've got to think Patrick Waugh has learned a fucking lot about coaching in the National Hockey League from his experience in Colorado to now. You know where he... Got humbled a little bit with the way it ended in Colorado. He decided, I'm not going to give up on this dream. I'm going to coach in junior. Uh, he ended up taking the job with the Quebec Remparts uh, in the uh, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. And from all reports, you could you could read a bunch of different opinions on Patrick Waugh and his tenure as a junior head coach. Everyone to a man says he did a phenomenal job there. He, he got the most out of every player. He... The young players all developed and improved their 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 game under Patrick Waugh when he coached there in Quebec. And apparently it was an experience where he learned a lot about himself, you know, as a hockey head coach. Uh, and I think with him now going to the Islanders, with Lou Lamorello making him the head coach, I think Patrick Waugh is probably in a better position mentally, a better position tactically, and a better position in terms of, okay, I got the Colorado gig, my first gig ever as head coach years ago. It didn't go the way I, I hoped. It didn't go the way the team had hoped for. I've learned a lot since then. I think I've become a better coach. 
I know what works. I know what doesn't. I know when to push players. I know when to back off a little bit. And that's always probably going to be the biggest battle, Matt, that Patrick Waugh has as a head coach now, the second go around in the NHL with the Islanders. He's very demanding, you know, and he wants to win. And as far as a competitor is concerned, off the charts, you're going to find very few people in the world of hockey that want to win more than Patrick Waugh. That is an intense competitor, a fierce competitor, willing to push anybody to the brink of the edge of the cliff in order to get the best out of them. Um, But those tactics, we know in 2024, it's harder to work and it's harder to use those tactics successfully on these young players compared to back in the day. So I think he's kind of, I'm sure he's realized that, knowing how the Colorado uh, experiment and the situation went there. So I I think it's going to end up going well, especially out of the gate simply because what coaching change hasn't worked, you know, for their teams this season, right out of the gate, except maybe Ottawa. Ottawa, I think, is the only team this season where they actually lost the first game after the coaching change. Every other team, you look at it. John Hines, when he took over from Evison in Minnesota, they went on a run. Chris Knobloch, when he took over from Jay Woodcroft in Edmonton, they went on a run. Uh, Drew Bannister, when he took over from Craig Berube in St. Louis, uh, they went on a run, you know, right away. So uh, that's... Not going to surprise me to see the Islanders get on this run uh, a little bit here. I'm going to take them here today, the Islanders, minus 105 in this game. Uh, there's also a couple other things I like. I think first period over is a good look in this game because I the thing, too, with Patrick Waugh is, you know, you're going to have a little bit more freedom, you know, here in terms of what you want to do offensively. Uh, that's the good thing. We'll see how he fares here. But, um, you know, this first game, I look, this is Patrick Waugh behind the bench, man one of the greatest players in his, at his position of all time in the sport. You know, if coaching change immediately does get the player's attention, but it's Patrick fucking Wah here. Like this is, this is not an average, uh, you know, uh, Joe blow that's taken over behind the bench here uh, be, for the uh, New York Islanders. So I like the Islanders tonight, minus one Oh five. I like them in the first period over in particular, I lean full game over, but I like the first period over more uh, in this game. Uh, Islanders minus one Oh five. And I also, I'm going to take a shot with the draw here. I am. Uh, Thailanders, how can I not? I will take the draw. I could I could see this being, you know what I also like too, not just Islanders uh, in the game. Uh, I'm going to see what that puck line is for the Islanders in the first period. Not the money line. I know the money line's a, a, a probably minus 110 or so it would be for first period money line. I'm going to go for the gusto. I'm going to go for that plus money uh, in the first period because I could see the Islanders, you know, coming out, you know, swinging uh, all kinds of energy, adrenaline. Patrick Waugh behind the bench for his first game uh, with the Islanders. So I'm going to go for that minus a half in the first period at plus. What can we get here? I'm going to, uh, it's alternative puck line plus 200. That's a hell of a price right there. Plus 200 for the New York Islanders first period puck line. That means Islanders have the lead after the first 20 minutes. I'm going to sprinkle on that. That's worth a look in my opinion. I think you're going to get a strong uh, start, uh, We'll see how it goes. But, uh, yeah, definitely, I think. So Islanders full game split with Islanders puck line. Probably have a little more on the full game, but that plus 200 at minus a half in the first period puck line for the Islanders. To me, that's worth a look in this spot. No question about that. And I'm also going to look at a little draw and a little first period over here in this game as well. And, look, Jake Ottinger will be a net for Dallas on the back-to-back because it was Wedgwood last night. But, you know, Ottinger continues to be up and down. You know, he had a, he had one good game there, I think, last week. Philly game. Now, Philly game, he faced a ton of shots and he had no help. Yeah, I can't put that on Ottinger, but he still hasn't been great uh, this season and even of late. So, 
Uh, like I say, it's going to be a good challenge here against the uh, Islanders. And the one thing that Dallas has had a propensity is they have that great game, and you knew they would bring it last night, and can they do it two in a row? There's been some inconsistency with this group lately. We'll see if they can avoid that uh, here tonight. Now, I know you're a big Dallas fan, Matt, and I know you look to bet at every reason, any excuse you can make to bet Dallas. I know you're going to look in that direction. But how about tonight? when they're facing the New York Islanders and this usually impenetrable betting angle in the NHL with the team playing their first game with the new head coach. That's almost always money in the bank. Will it be tonight? Yeah, it's tough knowing that was on the bench tonight. Um, I mean, it, it definitely adds a toss-up factor in there. Um, I do – I know you're going to – you mentioned I'm going to find ways to bet Dallas. Um, I do still – at the end of the day, like Dallas here for a couple of different reasons. I do think Jake Ottinger takes a loss personally, whether it was his fault in Philly or not. And I know, you know, he was on the bench last night, but I think he's going to look to bounce back. I think he's going to play well tonight. Um, I know in seasons past, him after a loss was like almost an auto bet. It's not been the case this year. The inconsistencies for sure been there. I do love the first period, and I almost love both teams to score. Um, just given that I think the Islanders will come out and score a goal in the first period, I think I, I lean there's no doubt about that. Uh, but I do think, you know, when there's a back-to-back and they're going from New Jersey uh, to New York, I mean, it's it's not really – it's not like they had to get on a plane and, you know, make a long trip. And I do think there's something to be said about, you know, being on the road um, in close proximity – you know, the guys are together. There's no distractions. They're not going home to their wives. They're literally just, you know, back at the hotel, ready to go for the next night. Um, and Dallas this year, outside of that Philly game, they're 7-1 and one against the Metro. I do think they're the better team. Again, the coaching change is the only thing that kind of irks me a little bit and, and makes me nervous. Um, but I also, I was kind of thinking before you even mentioned it, that this could be a, a Tylenders-type game. Uh, maybe Dallas gets the OT winner. You know, maybe they it goes the other way. Um, but I do I could see this being a two two three three, you know, go to OT type of game. Um, so I'm definitely going to be on the first period over. I'm definitely I will probably take the game over at six, uh, just because I think that the Islanders will come out hot. But I think you know Dallas is is feeling good about last night's game, and I think their offense is rolling. It'll be interesting to see if Marchman's back in the lineup. Um, obviously that line is incredible when all three of them are playing. Um, and then I think I'm a, from a prop perspective, I think I'm going to ride the, uh, Wyatt Johnson train, uh, train, uh, assuming he stays on that line with Henson Robo. Um, and then I even saw, um, as far as props go, I think him to get two or more points is plus 400. Again, if, if, it turns out that Dallas does come out and play well and they're rolling again. I think, you know, it's very easy to see him getting a couple assists on, I mean, Rupe has been lights out. Robo's always dangerous at times. So um, I like that prop as well. Two points for, for Wyatt Johnson, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I totally understand the siding with the Islanders. There's the coaching change. It does scare me a lot. Um, But I think, I think Dallas plays Tuesday night against Detroit. I think their thought process is they've got to get the win tonight. And then, you know, if they end the road trip two and two, not a bad road trip through uh, the Eastern Conference. Um, but, you know, 
Patrick Waugh being on the bench, maybe the hockey gods just maybe the Islanders went 10 to one tonight. I don't know. Uh, but I, I like to think that Andre comes out and plays a strong game um, after that Philly game. And again, you mentioned it's not that it was his fault, but he does not like giving up five goals in a game um, and he'll take that personally. So I, I would look to him, look for him to bounce back. Um, and if you think the Islanders are going to come out hot, maybe an Andre saves prop is, uh, is worth a look. I don't know what it's at, but you know, maybe they get 15 shots in the first period. If he, you know, gives up one. I think that's a really nice look, actually. I could definitely see them being on the uh, front foot tonight, the Islanders. You know, and Dallas a little sluggish now, back to back. Remember, Dallas gave up 40 shots the other night to Philadelphia. Uh, And obviously, they cleaned that up last night. But I think tonight, you're right, Islanders come out with uh, extra uh, jump in their legs, jump in their skates, if you will, uh, carry the play a little bit. Um, So, yeah, I I think over saves is not a bad look tonight for Ottinger. That makes sense to me. Yeah. All right, there we go. Um, Dallas and Islanders. Yeah, as far as the props go, as long as he stays on the top line, now it won't be bargain bin tonight because I think the Islanders are coming to play, but you still got to look at Johnston with Hints and Robertson. The Donovs moved up with Duchesne and Sagan, by the way, with Marchment maybe a no-go again tonight uh, with the illness, so keep an eye on that. And then as far as the Islanders, now I believe this lineup was really the last lineup we saw when Lane Lambert coached them against Chicago. And this is Patrick Waugh now behind the bench. So there could be some lineup change. I don't know if this is going to be Patrick Waugh's lineup tonight for the Islanders uh, in his debut behind the bench for them. But um, Hudson Fashing was on the second line with Brock Nelson and Kyle Palmieri. Uh, Anders Lee, the captain with Horvat and Barzell. Uh, Holmstrom with J.G. Pajo and Julian Gauthier on the third line. Matt Martin, Kyle McLean, Cal Clutterbuck on the fourth line. But again, I think that was the last game against Chicago with Lambert. This is now Ra- uh, Watt behind the bench. So let's see uh, how uh, he fares in this game uh, against or how he puts his lines together. So I would hold off on Islanders props. Let's wait until right before puck drop. And all these sites like Rotowire, Daily Faceoff, they update the line combinations right before puck drop based on the pregame skate. That's when we're going to get a firm indication of what the Islander lineup looks like tonight. But there could be some changes, and if we see someone up the lineup that we don't ex- necessarily expect, that could be a signal to maybe jump in you know, and take a look at uh, whoever's uh, moving up the lineup tonight for the Islanders with Patrick Waugh here behind the bench. All right, we've got two games left. New York Rangers, Anaheim Ducks. Rangers minus 225 to minus 230. Uh, road favorites, six the total shaded to the under. Wow, this is one that uh, it's tough to really wrap your head around really either side uh, in this game. You really want uh, the Rangers are the better team, obviously, but minus 230 with the way they're playing right now, a team that's just one and seven in their last eight games. I mean, it's becoming concerning right now for the uh, New York Rangers, the way it's going for them or sorry, two and not one and seven, sorry, two and uh, six uh, in their last uh, eight games. Hasn't been great. They lose back to back to start this road trip against L.A. and Vegas. We'll see how they fare. It's back-to-back games for both teams here, the Rangers and the Ducks, and they both played around the same time last night, late Saturday night. Rangers losing 2-1 to to L.A., Anaheim losing 5-3 uh, to San Jose uh, in this game. Uh, you know, this is pick your poison here. Do you want to lay this kind of a price with a struggling Rangers team, even though they are the better team? No. Do you want to trust Anaheim? Anaheim couldn't even beat San Jose last night. Uh, they're 2-8 and eight in their last 10 games, so... Really, really difficult spot here. Anaheim did beat them actually last year in Anaheim, three to two. 
Um, so the Rangers lost here in Anaheim last year. And then, of course, they beat the uh, Ducks 5-1 back in New York uh, in December. But, boy, I mean, I'm not seeing a whole lot I like here out of this uh, Anaheim team. I, I, I'm going to lean over in this game, if anything. I know the Rangers haven't been scoring the last two games, but Vegas and L.A.'s defense, to be honest, it looks like the Devils' defense of the 90s compared to Anaheim right now. Uh, there's no question about that. So, yes, they are not scoring. Um, one goal in each of the last two games, and to me, they're starting to look more and more like a team that if, if they don't score on the power play, they don't score at all. I think their five-on-five five offense lately, the Rangers, has been pretty pretty porous. Uh, not much as uh, much production lately out of the five on five, even strength part of their game. Um, but I think tonight against this Anaheim team, I mean, we just saw them give up five to San Jose. Uh, you know, we've seen them on this terrible losing streak. They have given up at least three goals uh, to their opponent in four, five, six, seven of their last eight games. This should be a night where the Rangers offense comes to life a little bit here again with this um, with this uh, Anaheim D that is just it's not L.A.'s defense. It's not Vegas's. So this should be an opportunity here for the uh, New York Rangers to get a little offensive mojo back in their sails again uh, going into this game. Anaheim, by the way, they've gone over in four of the last uh, six uh, games. Uh, we've seen 5-1, 3-2, 6-4, 4-3. We've seen overs now in uh, three of the last four as well. And we've seen uh, the over cash at a 1-2-3-4-5-6-4 clip in the last 10 head-to-head uh, -head meetings. Um I, I would probably in that, lean in that direction here. I don't know about a Rangers team total over, but because I do think there's a chance maybe Anaheim could strike, especially on home ice. It looks like we're going to see Shesterkin on the back-to-back -back for the uh, Rangers. Remember, it was Jonathan Quick last night, Lucas Dostal uh, in net here for the uh, Anaheim Ducks here in this game. He's kind of hit a wall the last few. Three goals to Nashville, three to Detroit, five goals allowed to Tampa Bay. It's kind of a rougher night for him. He's faced a shit ton of shots, though. We do have to keep that in mind uh, here as well, but uh, yeah, I'm looking towards uh, probably over six or nothing at all uh, in this game. What do you think here, uh, Matt, Rangers, Ducks? Yeah, I like the over. Um, I like it a lot, actually. Just Tristerkin, you know, obviously can be a Vezina caliber goalie, but it, he, similar to Jake Andre, not this year, mentioned that he's yep. been very inconsistent. Yep. He's given up four more goals in three of his last five games. Um, but I do, I do think given the last two games for the Rangers, they've got to, they've got to put up some goals tonight. Like they've got to start rolling again and they are the better team, you know, obviously on paper, I do think Anaheim can score a couple goals here and there. Maybe they get a power play. They've got some weapons as well. Um, but uh, the goal you mentioned for Anaheim Dostal, Yeah. He's, he's had some rough outings and again, it's, he's not getting a ton of help. It's not, you know, on his shoulders completely. But, yeah, I love the over here, maybe a first period over even. Um, I think the Rangers, knowing they're playing the Ducks, are going to want to come out and score a couple quick ones um, just to kind of get that mojo going. Don't particularly like either side. Um, you could make an argument for the Rangers team total over because I do think they should win this game and they should win it handily. Um, but, yeah, I think especially given that it's six um, or if you can you know, wait a few minutes and live it at five and a half, I think that's a great bet. So I'll be on the over here. Um, that's that's pretty much it. Um, don't really have a dog in the fight as far as sides or anything like that. Yeah, I'm looking at the Rangers. I'm doing the uh, math here on their back-to-back -back record this year, uh, how they've done uh, in back-to-back uh, -back, uh, situations uh, this season. Uh, I'm just uh, I'm peeking a glance now at their 
numbers. Let's see. Okay, first back to back they had this season was not until was not until November twenty fourth, twenty fifth. They actually won the second of the back to back there. They're two and zero. They beat San Jose on a back to back after playing in Nashville the night before. Three and zero, four and zero. Holy mackerel! Five and zero. I'm just counting it up. Six and zero. Holy shit! Wow. Uh, seven and zero. Seven and zero on back to back this year. The New York Rangers. Wow. How about that? And how many of those oh, were? That's how that's many of those were impressive. puck lines? Yeah. How many? Well, let me just see here. We saw. Let me uh, take seven and zero on a back to back this year for the uh, New York Rangers. Wow. Seven to four against Boston. Six to five against San Jose. These are the final scores of those games. Two yeah. to one in overtime against Boston. Four to three in overtime against Buffalo. Five to one against Tampa Bay. And what was the last one here? Uh, two to one against Washington. Remember that was the back to back with Washington yeah. last weekend. They won the set. So not all of them have been two goal margins. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. So, yeah, undefeated in a back to back this year. All right, now let's look at Anaheim uh, here on back to back this year. Anaheim Ducks on back. We know they're not a great team. Well, they did win their first back to back of the year against Carolina, six to three. So one and zero. Oh. Then one and one. They lost to Boston, three one. Uh, then. Um, one and two, they lost at Colorado, eight to two, and then uh, four three at, win at Detroit, so two and two. Uh, they haven't had as many back to backs as the Rangers, two and two, and two and three. They lost their most recent back to back at Washington, two nothing. So they're two and three, the Anaheim Ducks on the second night of a back to back this year. So big advantage if you believe in that back to back records. Big advantage for. Uh, the New York range. I still can't trust them fully, though. I mean, unless you're going to take a minus one. What's the minus one on them uh, here tonight in this game? Um, I don't see. That's the reason I didn't so, have it on my list of games that I, that are that are on my card or on the short list to be on my card because I didn't love the price enough for the minus one. Minus one is yeah, minus one forty eight. I don't like that price. Wow. Yeah, I don't like that price. Uh, I, with, uh, one yeah. thing I might look at is the first period. Right. puck line for the Rangers. I think they'll come out strong and and I don't see the Ducks, you know, really giving them a lot of pushback. So maybe that's a, I think it's plus 130 Rangers minus a half first period. So that might be something to look at, but that's 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 what I would do. Yep. Yeah. Whenever it's this kind of favorite, Matt, and it's I don't love the regulation and the puck line for the full game. You take first period puck line or nothing. That's what you yeah. do. And at least you're going to get plus money with that. Yeah, I could see it. I could see maybe first period puck line. Certainly, if you like the Rangers, that's the only thing I would consider. Yeah, Flyers just scored one nothing Philadelphia power play goal for them. All right, final game of this. Uh, and by the way, for props, um, it's not really a lot I like for props here, but uh, McTavish, he's the one that's always noticeable for Anaheim. I would say Trocheck for uh, the Rangers. Um, Kako is kind of, you know, he had that one game where he scored on the top line, and since then, you know, he's actually had shots, but no finish. But he's probably still worth a look if he stays on the top line for the uh, Rangers tonight. All right, final game, Toronto Maple Leaf, Seattle Kraken, even money, minus 110 both sides, six the total uh, in this game. Uh, really tough, you know, tough spot for Toronto. This is the uh, tail end of the road trip, although I believe they have, no, you know what, they go, it's weird schedule here. They go home to play Winnipeg on Tuesday, or no, Wednesday, and then they finish the uh 
pre their pre All Star break schedule. Uh, they finished that on uh, Saturday, uh, f- January twenty seventh, next Saturday at Winnipeg. So it's a home and home with the Winnipeg Jets coming up for the Leafs after this game in Seattle. So they go home for the one game against Winnipeg, then they play at Winnipeg uh, next Saturday. Uh, but back to back third road game in four nights. And if you go back to the uh, Tuesday game uh, against uh, Edmonton, uh, this is going to be their fourth in six nights for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. So uh, it's been a grueling schedule uh, for them. Fourth game in six nights on the road here for Toronto. 6-4 loss to Vancouver last night. Seattle's got a big rest advantage. Now, they had a long road trip, six games, and this is not always a great spot coming home from a road trip of that magnitude. So it's kind of like a bet against spot versus a bet against spot, in my opinion. I don't think it's a great spot for Seattle. I think it's just as bad, if not worse, for Toronto uh, right now going into uh, this game. Uh, so we'll see. And look, at uh, you're right. As Terry says, you're right. Uh, the Kraken ended the Oilers game with a flu bug running through the team, illness. Uh, you know, they fought through it. I thought there was a very valiant effort against a red-hot Edmonton team. They had a 2 nothing lead, but they give up four unanswered goals. They lose 4-2. It looks like tonight, I think the flu bug is still bothering them because Beniers is on IR, Bel- Belmar's on IR, Gord has already been ruled out. Uh, his is due to a suspension, that hit he had on uh, Matias Ekholm. Just silly for him to do yeah. something like that. Uh, Vince Dunn, uh, you know, he has also been missing the last few games. Uh, all of those guys are either out or questionable. None of them are a sure thing to suit up tonight uh, for Seattle. And we know they've definitely struggled without all of those guys. Uh, it looks like here tonight, uh, yeah, Beneers and Gord out, done uh, game time decision. Joey DeCord and Ned, as we expect. Uh, we definitely, for Toronto, expect Ilya Samsonov to get a start. He's due to get a start. It's a back-to-back. Martin Jones probably needs a rest at this point anyway. Uh, so we would, should expect Ilya Samsonov to play. He's had a terrible year. But he did have a better start against Detroit. We saw him his first start since he got recalled from the AHL. And he did play pretty well in that game. They lost that game, but it wasn't because of him. I thought he played pretty solid. It was certainly better than what we had seen from Ilya Samsonov in his stint before that. This is just, for me, a draw. That's what I'm going to look at. Leafs crack and draw. Uh, Neither team is all that trustworthy in this spot. I think both of these teams have the potential to go to OT. We saw 4-3 Toronto in a shootout back in November. Uh, between these two teams. So we saw overtime and a shootout between them earlier this season when they met in Toronto. Uh, We know it's the Toronto Maple draws, although it's kind of cooled off lately. I mean, five straight Leaf games have not gone past regulation. But I think in this spot, there's a good potential for a overtime or a a shootout candidate here uh, with the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs and the Seattle Kraken. So the only bet for me is the draw. I think the total's tricky too. Seattle's not scoring as much lately with these injuries. Um. Toronto, you, and as much as I love Toronto overs, especially with the goaltending shaky, I would lean over, but the concern is after giving up six last night to the Vancouver Canucks that they're going to want to tighten it up tonight big time. And the fact that Joey Decord's playing pretty well and Seattle's not scoring now with these injuries and the illnesses that are running through the dressing room right now. So all of that takes me off the over. The over's only a lean for me. The only bet for me pregame is the draw here, other than maybe some player props. Uh, Matt, what do you think here? Last game, Toronto, Seattle. Yeah, the over is tricky. I mean, on paper, a total at six with these two teams, I would usually take it. Um, but I just, on the back-to-back for Toronto, Joey Decord's been lights out. Um, I love the draw here, just given what we've talked about with the cord, he loves playing in overtime. He gets there a lot of games. Um, to me, it, 
it could be three three or zero zero going to overtime too. So I don't I don't think I'll take the um, over. I think the draw is probably the only play. I lean Toronto here, just given the injuries with the Kraken coming off a loss. You know, they're just coming from Vancouver. It's, you know, a short ferry ride over. They're not making a big trip. It's sort of like the Dallas trip to the Islanders. Um, I would lean Toronto here. And given that it's basically a pick em, maybe I take Toronto. Um, but it's tough to bet against Joey Decord, just given, you know, that he can win games on his own. Um, so I lean Toronto. I like the over given the teams but just given the situation i'll probably if anything throw a little on the draw and probably pass on this game overall so all right there we go uh yeah i think this is just uh this is a tricky game it really is because i don't think either team's in a great spot uh toronto's got to be feeling it with their legs road weary uh all, all these air miles that they've been logging here this week fourth game in six nights seattle's off a long road trip they're banged up beaten up to shit and they've got an illness going through the team so neither team's in a very good spot that's why i'm just sticking with the draw as far as props go uh for this game uh tonight i mean it's really status quo i mean it's hard You'd like to be able to take Matthew Nyes and Max Domi and Yarncroak and Bertuzzi even. And these guys just are snake bit right now. Nobody is producing from this supporting cast. I mean, all of it has fallen on the shoulders of Marner and Matthews and uh, Nylander, who finally got back going last night with a couple of goals. Uh, it's hard to trust player props with the supporting cast right now uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And then on the blue line, you've got, you know, Morgan Riley is probably the, the prop I like the most, believe it or not. Morgan Riley is at least jumping up into the play. He had two points last night, both assists. He's had goals, but believe it or not, in three of the last seven games for Toronto. He's trying to jump up into the play a little bit, so not bad. Uh, yeah, McCann was a, yeah, it's a great call, Bailey. McCann goal prop, former leaf for a weekend. Yeah, that's pretty much it for a cup of coffee. What was he there for, two days? Uh, and then he ended up going to uh, Seattle. But yeah, and Jared McCann has actually been the one guy that's been, you know, getting it rolling for Seattle lately. And this guy's a streaky player. You know, he went through a really, really cold spell for a bit, but suddenly four goals in the last four games, six points in the last four games as well for Jared McCann. So Jared McCann definitely was someone I'd be uh, interested in. Uh, Cuban Wayne Gretzky mentioning Alex Wenberg. Um, he had back goals in back-to-back games not too long ago, uh, three games straight without one. Uh, but we'll see how uh, if he can uh, contribute. Uh, Jared McCann's my favorite option here, as far as I'm concerned, uh, on the uh, forward group. Maybe you look toward uh, Schwartz and or Tol- Tolvanen too. Tolvanen on the third line, uh, I think he might be able to step up. I think Tolvanen scored against Toronto uh, in the meeting earlier this season between these two teams. So maybe you look at Ellie Tolvanen as well. And let's see on the blue line. Um, yeah, Riker Evans. I don't know why, but I, he's going to get power play time if Dunn is out again for the uh, Seattle Kraken. And this guy does have some offensive upside. So, you know, if you want to sprinkle, at least if you can find a um, a, a player prop or a, or a assist prop on uh, the uh, on Riker Evans, it might be worth a look here, just because you know he's going to get those power play minutes here for the Seattle Kraken. All right, great stuff. That is the um, Saturday. And su- well, that's sorry, not the Saturday. That's the Sunday NHL card. We appreciate it very much. Hit the like button uh, on the way out. We appreciate it very much. Uh, it's two nothing Philadelphia, by the way. So uh, the moms are getting more and more upset with the uh, 
uh, Philadelphia with the uh, Ottawa Senators. That's a, a first period over for anyone that had it, and I believe Matt might have because he's uh, doing the old fist bump there. <laughs> yeah, I had the first period over. So, again, I like doing that for the morning game. Um, again, morning my time. But it just yeah. kind of, you know, doesn't always hit, but it hit yesterday in that uh, early game as well. So it just kind of gets your day going, and, you know, you feel good with a nice early hit. No doubt. And uh, that was, uh, again, an early hit. And like I say, a lot of the games where I'm leaning over with, there's a lot. I like the first period in a lot, like Detroit-Tampa, Minnesota-Carolina. I'm splitting it up first period and full game. So uh, definitely uh, first period overs. Uh, like I said, uh, this time of year, too, I find you know things do tighten up more as the game goes on. We've seen instances where first period over and then full game under. Tampa-Buffalo stands out. Like, look at that one yesterday. First period over, and that was a pretty much a dead solid under right after that for the uh, rest of the game. All right. So that is again, the Sunday card, patreon.com slash ice guys. Make sure you sign up uh, $10 per month. Uh, and again, we've got our, our daily sides, totals and player props posted there every day. I know there has been some discontent expressed from some about how timely we get the plays posted. It's a delicate balance. We don't want to post the card and then have to edit it a million times after that. So we decided we're going to post the card about half an hour or so before puck drop. We want to see the lineups one last time, get everything locked in, and then post the card. I know that's a short turnaround time for getting everything bet, you know, if you want to use that card as a reference point to make your own bets. But, you know, the other alternative is it's tough because we always, both of us, Alex and I, we add stuff later in the day uh, closer to puck drop. So we just want to make sure we post once with everything, and for that reason, that's why we posted around 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. And as far as the weekends, I know, you know, the early starts, we're not always able to get the uh, card up for the very early afternoon games. That's just the way, unfortunately, it goes. But we will always have the card, always have the card. Sides, totals, player props for all the night games, seven days a week, every single night game, seven days a week. We'll make better attempts in the future to get the card posted for the afternoon games as well. Uh, but definitely for the uh, night games, uh, we'll always have it on the page uh, before uh, puck drop. So no question. So again, the daily card is posted there. Sides, totals, player props, patreon.com slash ice guys, just $10 per month. Our goalie charts, our totals charts are there. Plus we're going to have bonus videos and content moving forward, especially after football season ends. And we do have our first Patreon exclusive ice guys, live betcast of 2024 coming up here toward the end of January. It's actually coming up very soon and we know the date matt knows the date i know the date alex knows the date uh, we will let you know the day of the betcast we will post the uh youtube link for the betcast the morning of the betcast for our patreon members on the page and that betcast will only be available to patreon members uh to not only watch and tune in but also to join us on the stream uh, for the BetCast. So we're looking forward to that. It is right around the corner. And also, of course, the Ice Guys store. Make sure you get yourself some gear and some Ice Guys merch over at iceguys.myspreadshop.com. All right, it is time for Bargain Bin Special of the Night for this Sunday uh, slate. Uh, let us go to you, Matt, first. Uh, is there anything that uh, appealed to you and piqued your interest from the Bargain Bin today? Yeah, so I after going through the uh, Stars Islanders game, I noticed Miro's confirmed out for the night. Um, so I I'm going Thomas Harley anytime goal scorer plus five twenty five. He'll be on that first unit. He'll be kind of man in the power play. 
Um, and, you know, it's he hasn't scored a goal since December 21st. He's definitely chipped in offensively. He had two assists last night. Uh, but I just, you know, I think he kind of rises to the occasion when Miro's out. I think he kind of knows that he's got to be that sort of offensive defenseman. Um, so, yeah, at plus 525, I love that. So, Thomas Harley, anytime goal scorer. All right, Thomas Harley, defenseman for the Dallas Stars. And this is pretty prototypical of Dallas. When Miro Haskinen's out, Thomas Harley eats up a lot of the minutes and especially that power play uh, minutes as well uh, on that team. So, again, I, I see actually upwards of plus 600 uh, at FanDuel and BetMGM right now for uh, Thomas Harley. So there we go. Uh, big uh, plus money value there, plus 600 for uh, Thomas Harley as far as uh, anytime goal scorer for the uh, Dallas Stars. That's Matt Robinson's bargain bin special of the night. My bargain bin special of the night, it's actually the bargain bin special of the night that our guy Jimmy Murphy used on Friday's show. I think it's ready-made. It's tailor-made. It's an absolutely unbelievable price considering what he's now scored in, what, three or four straight games now uh, for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. And when you start to get on a consecutive game goal-scoring streak like this, you obviously will do anything in your power to have it continue and keep it going. So we're going to go with Jordan Martinuk for the Carolina Hurricanes, plus 460 uh, at BetMGM. Again, a ready-made situation right here as far as this bargain bin special. He's on a goal-scoring streak. He's getting these chances. He's plus 460 at BetMGM to score, which is a terrific price considering the streak he's on. Uh, Jordan Martin, New Carolina Hurricanes, plus 460 for my bargain bin special of the night. See if we can make it back-to-back after uh, cashing in with Wyatt Johnston last night for the uh, Dallas Stars. All right, best bets to wrap up this show. Matt, what do you like for best bet? Yeah, so just given the coaching change, um, I typically, you know, find a best bet in the Stars game because, you know, I'll be tuning in. But I love that first period over. I think the Islanders are going to come out strong. I think Dallas is feeling good about themselves after that big win in New Jersey. Uh, so I think, you know, given Ottinger being up and down sometimes, I think two goals is is no problem. So my best bet will be the Stars-Islanders, first period over, one and a half. All right, there we go, Stars Islanders. I think it's only been one blemish on Matt Robinson's best bet record uh, since he's been on the show. So, uh, and I believe I remember what it was too. Is that Montreal puck line against San Jose? Yeah. I think that was the one. <laughs> that that was it. Other than that, I think you're perfect. Batting a, yeah. a perfect record here with the best bets. So Islanders and Stars first period over uh, for uh, Matt Robinson with his best bet. Uh, my best bet here for this Sunday card. Um, I could really, it's tough to choose between them because I, I like them both evenly, but I think per, I'm going to go more on the full game here with uh, Minnesota and Carolina here over six and a half. Uh, I don't trust Gustafson. I don't trust Ronta. I expect that to be the goaltending matchup uh, here in this game. And I think we're going to see our, some ourselves uh, goals in bunches here with the wild and the hurricanes. And look, the wild, all of a sudden, two games in a row down in Florida, the lightning and the Panthers playing shootouts. Uh, in both of those games, 10 goals in the Minnesota Tampa game, 10 goals the other night in the Minnesota Florida game. So wild hurricanes over six and a half uh, at around minus. Uh, actually, you know what? Never mind six and a half. Pinnacle has six. So shop around. There are a couple books, including Pinnacle, that have six over six minus 120. So that is what I will lock in for the official best bet. Minnesota Carolina over six minus 120. Uh, for my best bet here for this Sunday uh, NHL card. Uh, that'll wrap up this edition. Uh, oh, yeah, apparently Matt says uh, <laughs> there is a best bet from your niece. 
She wants yeah. to get in on fun. Okay, what, yeah. what is this? So my my niece uh, did shoot me over a text. I uh, I totally missed it. Um, but her best bet of the day, and I, it's a bold best bet, plus 235 is Bucks money line. Um, so sorry to the Detroit fans out there, but she's she's taking Baker Mayfield and the Bucks today um, just, just to win the game. So there you have it. Shouts to Lily. <laughs> All right, Lily, Matt Robinson's niece. There we go. <laughs> Uh, liking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to get the uh, job done there against the uh, uh, Detroit Lions in the NFC Divisional NFL playoff game. Uh, and again, I'm just seeing what the best of money line price is there for you. Uh, plus 250. You know, you can get as high as plus 250 with that money line price on the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this game. I actually have a small Detroit Lions minus five and a half bet, but primarily I like the over in that game. As long as there's enough points there. Uh, with those two teams, I'll be happy uh, at the uh, end of the day. And Chiefs Bills, I have a small Bills bet. I would have been, I was thinking of going pretty big on Buffalo, but the defensive injuries concern me on that side of the football uh, for Buffalo going into that game. So I kept it a little smaller uh, on them. So a uh, great day of NFL playoff football, great day of NHL hockey uh, on the way. Uh, shout out to everyone in the chat. We appreciate it. Hit the like button on the way out. Uh, and again, we got a great week of shows coming up. Uh, and obviously, look, we've got. 10 days left in the month of January. So you know that Patreon-exclusive live betcast is on the way too. So uh, it is right around the corner. All right, that's it. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. And if you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Matt Robinson, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Sunday. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Monday for a brand new week and another edition of the Ice Guys. 